What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. We've got uh, one of my favorite guests of the year, and I know it's January, so that isn't uh, it's not saying a whole lot. But I would say, if you include January as well as all of the past year, uh, Drew Canoli is the CEO and or former, not the CEO. He, I guess that's somebody else now. Co-founder of Organifi, which is a phenomenal company. Uh, I'll be talking about soon in the ads. Uh, absolutely incredible, but. His story is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, I first heard him a while back, I think with the Mind Pump crew, and then more recently last year, maybe even the year before that. It was one of Paul Chick's earlier episodes. And just just a fantastic story. I mean, there's... We all go through shit, but I mean, this, this guy's been through it all. And to see what that has flowered into... Uh, and I'm not just talking about you know success and business and things like that. I'm talking about the wealth of spiritual knowledge, the wealth of give, the wealth of embodiment in the physical. Um, many of you have heard me talk about it before, but this is almost a spiritual bypass when we get so caught up in the astral and solving the great mystery that we negate the physical body. It's almost like we we look past the importance of what this body is as a tuning fork in 3D reality and as an access point to higher states of knowing. But uh, certainly not the case with Drew. Drew's, um, he's, he's got quite a bit of gadgets and gizmos. And of course, he's got quite a bit of low-hanging fruit that I love from cold tubs and saunas and all that good stuff. Um, really, just just a fantastic, fantastic guest and a friend and a dear brother who I look forward to spending much more time with out in Sedona and here in Texas. Um, so there are a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show's helped you out in life. That way other people can get privy to the show and tune into it. Number two, uh, click subscribe. That way you never miss a single episode. I know they've been a little bit random at times. It's still got a six-month-old, but I can assure you we will be back to our regularly scheduled once a week at some point, and maybe even back to twice a week if, uh, if and when travel starts to pick back up and we start stockpiling these episodes again. Last but not least, definitely check out our sponsors because they make this show possible. This episode is brought to you by PowerDot. PowerDot is one of my favorite devices you can get. We talk quite a bit about these devices, different ways that technology can help us out with the body. Uh, uh, people call them biohacks, shit like that, but I just prefer to think of them as really cool tech. And one of the more affordable pieces of tech that I absolutely love is PowerDot. It can help with athletic performance by improving muscle recovery. It can supplement strength training and effectively warm up the muscles to improve post-activation performance. It's also good for natural pain relief. It blocks pain signals and promotes the release of endorphins and for injury rehab. That means when you can't move, it'll improve blood circulation and nutrients to improve recovery and activate muscles in a non-load-bearing environment to fight muscle atrophy. So your muscles getting smaller, it's going to prevent that anti-catabolic effect. They use Smart Recovery AI, which integrates with Strava and Apple Health to track your workouts and provide customized recovery programs based on your activities. And it will guide you through each program from start to finish. They have in-app education with a news feed. You can learn from professionals and explore content that will help you become a better athlete and a forum to connect with other PowerDot users and learn how they are getting the most out of their device. 
I think you guys need to get the Pro Bundle. It's the Duo plus three extra pads, but anything you do here, you're going to get 20% off. So if you do the Duo with three extra sets of pads, that's the Pro Bundle. It's going to allow you to stimulate two areas at once and spend less time recovering. I'm all about that convenience. Save 25 bucks plus an additional 20% with the code KKP on the Pro Bundle. And you can get 20% off absolutely anything in the store. Plus they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to powerdot.com slash KKP and use code KKP at checkout. That is P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T dot com slash KKP with KKP at checkout for 20% off. This episode is also brought to you by Lucy Gum and Lozenges. Lucy is an incredible product that was developed by Caltech scientists who were former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative They researched and developed this for over three years. They created a nicotine gum with four migs of nicotine that has three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four migs of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. And these products can be enjoyed anywhere, on the flight, at work, on the go, or even in the gym where I like it most, and of course on podcasts. Um, I got to say, I've been talking about nicotine for quite some time, whether that's through organic tobaccos, vaporizing, all kinds of different ways. But this is one of my all-time favorites. You can't vape on an airplane. And uh, I don't like the vape sticks anyways. They got all types of other shit in them. A volcano is 750 bucks. So that's quite a bit of an investment. Took me a few years to get into it, which I love. But as far as convenience and the ability to get a nootropic that will act immediately, that also stacks with other nootropics. I know we're sponsored by Purpose and some other great nootropics. These all pair very, very well together. And they're incredibly beneficial. Uh, Later in the evening, if you want a pep for some late night reading, things like that, there's about a 45-minute window. Rob Wolf talked about this with Ben Greenfield way back in the day, about a couple years ago when he was presenting uh, to the Navy, I believe. And they were asking, what is the best form of nicotine? And he was like, this is a curious question. I'm not sure why you're asking me. So he looked it up and he figured out the fact that nicotine, when you take away all the additives and the nasty stuff, really isn't uh, an issue. It's the fact that cigarettes have 400 plus chemicals. So if you want the best way to get nicotine into your body, use Lucy in the form of gum or lozenges. These guys are phenomenal. And uh, yes, of course, the FDA warning is that uh, this product does contain nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I think it's addictive because it fucking works, plain and simple. It works very well. And uh, again, if you don't want to slam a Red Bull in the evening to be able to get your stuff done, This will give you the energy you need, and it's about a 45-minute to an hour-long window, so you'll still be able to crash and sleep deep at night. It's fantastic stuff, many ways to utilize this. You can check it out at lucy.co, that's L-U-C-Y dot C-O, promo code KKP, and you'll get 20% off all everything you can order there. You get 20% off everything you can order at lucy.co. That's lucy.co, promo code KKP for 20% off. We're also brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. If you go to dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle, you're going to get a penny bottle. That's one extra bottle for a penny on any subscription order you do. They have a variety of subscriptions from six bottles a month to six bottles every two months. Or if you like more, you can order more, 12 bottles per month, 24 bottles per month, however you want that to look. You can mix white with red, whatever you want. The thing is, all of these are organically grown. They're lab tested for purity. Every single bottle has lower alcohol, meaning less than or equal to 12.5% per volume. They're all keto and paleo friendly. 
with about zero to 0.15 grams of sugar per glass. That's damn near sugar-free. And sometimes it is sugar-free. Sometimes they have about a gram of carbohydrate per the entire bottle. So when you're talking about a keto, paleo-friendly alcohol, this is it. It's the only alcohol I drink. I don't mess with anything else. Occasionally, if I'm out at a bar, I might have a shot of tequila if it's pretty good, but it's the only thing I have stocked in my pantry. And the reason for that is, around the holidays or friends and family are in town, alcohol seems to be the drug of choice. Now, I definitely love a variety of, of ways of entering altered states of consciousness, as many of you know, and we'll get into that with Drew Canoli. A variety of ways that aren't drug-related. So plenty for the listener if you are down for legal methods. But again, this seems to be... Uh, alcohol seems to be the way that most people get down. So if I'm going to do this, I want to make sure I don't have repercussions the next day. I want to make sure that I'm not dragging my ass through my work day or being a parent, being a dad. If I have to dad the next day, which is you know 335 days a year, pretty much, uh, I've got about a month off, I think, <laughs> out of town. I better be able to show up. And Dry Farm Wines is one of the ways that I can have my cake and eat it too, for lack of a better term. I can enjoy my experience. I can enjoy the company of others. I can have a good time. I can watch the fights. Whatever the celebration is, I can celebrate with other friends who maybe aren't down to explore the other stuff. And then the next day, I can still show up and be myself for my kids and my family. Head over to dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle and you'll be happy with your order. I guarantee it. And if there's anything you like there, let them know and they will send more of it in your next box. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Organifi. This is Drew Canoli's company that he started. It's absolutely phenomenal. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. After experiencing his own transformation through the power of juicing superfoods, Drew Canoli, the Organifi founder, set out to inspire others by helping them transform their health through personal coaching programs. Drew quickly, Drew quickly realized there was a need for a solution that could give people access to the highest quality nutrition to support their health and wellness while on the go. So you guys are going to get much more of this story within the podcast. I'm not going to lay, layer this in here in the ads, but I just want to tell you, on the go seems to be one of the critical missing ingredients in your health. And certainly for me, I mean, right now I'm traveling about at least five times a year. I'm gone for a week, even with travel restrictions. Without them, I'm gone quite a bit more than that. It's more than I want to be, but I'm getting shit done. And I know there's quite a bit of my listeners that do the same. Or say you're at home, but you're just busting your ass. You got your long work day. You don't pack everything you need. And it's easy to grab some some cold cuts or some different meat products but you don't necessarily balance that out. This is one of the ways you can balance this out very easily. You bring a shaker cup, some water, and some Organifi greens, and you're going to get a lot of the micronutrients that you need to support a healthy lifestyle. Also, the Organifi Gold is absolutely the best thing on earth to unwind. It's one of my favorite drinks in the evening. I mix some straight coconut cream in with this thing with some hot water, and I'm out like a light, and it pairs very well with some of the sleep remedies that we've offered on this podcast. It just tastes great. It's, it's my after dinner. Um, it's almost like a dessert <laughs> with, with very little carbohydrates. It's just plain awesome. It's very calming. It's got lemon balm and a number of amazing Ayurvedic ingredients as well as turmeric and just a fantastic way to have a nightcap that is completely organic and isn't going to hurt you the next day. You can check all this out at Organifi.com slash KKP. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-I-F-I.com slash KKP. Use code word KKP for 20% off. Without further ado, my homie, my brother, Drew Canoli. 
Drew Canoli, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thanks for having me, my man. It's been a long time coming, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so much to discuss. I mean, let's just, I mean, I, I, I don't like following in, in all of uh, Czech's, Czech's uh, breadcrumbs, but, you know, I, I, I first heard you on Paul Czech's podcast, as many of my guests, and one of the things that stuck out to me was that you really didn't beat around the bush. Paul's not that type of dude, but you guys dove into some dark places pretty early on in discussion of your book, UBU, and kind of what life was like growing up. That's really how I start my podcast. You know, I, I try to figure people out what led them to the path that they're on right now. So if you don't mind, I mean, let's just jump right in and talk about life growing up, uh, some of the struggles that have allowed you to become the person that you are right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm like you, you know, everything I believe it's life happens for me and not to me, you know, and I've uh, had my back up against the wall at a very young age. I'm so grateful for everything that I had to experience from zero to five because uh, it was very painful and very dark. And I'm glad that we're jumping right into it on your podcast, because I think everybody can relate to this, right? We all have trauma. It hides itself in our cells. It stays there. Most people uh, operate as wounded boys and wounded girls throughout their whole entire life experience without really discovering who they are. And for me, what was fascinating is from zero to five, I was tortured as a child, like physically. They they talked about it in the Cadillac newspaper as like one of the most horrific uh, things that have ever happened to kids in that town at the time. And this was like in the 1980s, right? So if I couldn't tie my shoes fast enough, my dad would put cigarettes out on my forehead. He'd hold my head underneath the water in the bathtub. Um, and it was very, very dark. So I learned at a very young age that this reality wasn't safe. I mean, that was my God coming into this life experience. And they were doing that to me. You know, the, the earth experience was very fragile back then. So it created lack of trust it created lack of intimacy. It created lack of, uh, you know, throughout my life relationships. Cause I, I always felt like somebody was going to abandon me. Like I was left outside for two weeks on the porch and they would slide the food out through the doggy door to actually feed me as a kid. Like in the human body, you know, the unconscious actually stores all of that, as you know, cause you're a student of all this stuff too. Um, so I had a lot to work through and it's a beautiful thing because every day, you know, another lesson, um, and it was just absolutely amazing that I got to go through that. And, um, you know, I've worked my whole entire life. I've done EMDR, I've done EFT, I've done TRE, which is the trauma release exercises, Peter Levine's work. Uh, you had a guest talk about that a little bit too. Um, one, of, one of my favorite shows that you ever did actually, gosh, what was his name? Was it Matt that you had on your show? Uh, Matt Belair. We've had a few Matts. Matt Belair was on recently. Yeah. Um, I think Ton Cole talked about trauma release exercise. Yeah. I've actually done it with them. They're out here. Paleo effectors. Super um, powerful. Yeah, man. Yeah. So they're, they're, you're touching on some really, really, really important stuff here. Um, and just, to, uh, there's so much ground already covered already, but yeah, I mean the, 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 the piece on, you know, uh, pe people that have become adults that are still wounded children, you know, it was really, really, <laughs> laid out for me, you know, I first heard Rogan talking about that, you know, when he had kids and he was super stoned, he looked at, you know, old people or adults. So, you know, as we would say, and just saw like little kids in adult meat suits, you know, and we uh -huh. see that everywhere. We see it in politics. We see it all over the place, but archetypically from King warrior, magician lover, that's where I really got to dive into that and see like, Oh, this is what happens if you don't do the work Drew Canoli did to heal that. Then, then yeah. you, you become, the perpetrator, you become the person that, that inflicts on others 
And that's acted out in so many different ways. And, and they go through, you know, every shadow has a passive and an active side and uh, within those shadows, how they express. And, and it's the archetypes that are playing through the human psyche that are going to go on, whether we realize it or not, but oftentimes they're going to go on in the shadow aspect until we draw attention to it and understand what it is that we're working with to bring it over to the light side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's um, pretty powerful stuff. You and you have a sister, correct? Yeah. April, my sister. Yeah, you guys ended up making it to foster care at a certain yeah. age, is that right? Yeah, we were in foster care for a year. So from the age of like five to, to six, I was in foster care. And when you're sitting at the table with a bunch of what we call normal kids that were raised not to cuss, because my parents thought that, you know, dropping the F-bomb sitting at the table and this, you know, that kind of stuff was cool back then. So they taught me a different language. And I was using this different language at these tables where all these other foster children were, because back then, you know, and I think still today, the government actually pays you for taking in these kids. And then while they find homes for them, right, I was like an adopted uh, kid they were finding a home for, but it was still more abuse, you know, because I'd be like, hey, can you please pass the fucking potatoes? And then all of a sudden the the old man, you know, that was in charge of the family, grabbed me by the back of the neck, take me in the bathroom, shove soap in my mouth and whip me with his belt. And then I was back out there again. So I like to think I was trained like a Navy SEAL at a very young age. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very young age. My sister actually does that respite care. They call it now out in California. And, and um, you know, I've been, I've, we live in Texas now, thankfully, uh, but which I'm yeah, sure we'll dive exactly. into. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting. You know, like not only who shows up in those situations from the child standpoint, but where they've been in other respite cares. You know, like the it's almost like there's like a shock when they get to my sister's house because they they're they're half expecting you know what they've experienced in the past leading up to that point, and then it's this whole different world of wait, you're going to love me no matter what. You're going to still show up for me and work with me without hurting me. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a night and day difference. But there's, there's medicine in every experience, right? And, and you're 100%. living proof of that, absolutely living proof of that. You touched on some of these, some of these really transformative uh, experiences that maybe some people haven't heard of before. And we've talked a little bit on, um, you know, actually we haven't, I don't think we've even done a deep dive on any single one of these, but talk about EMDR, talk about EFT, talk about these different practices that can help bring us back into resonance and wholeness that aren't necessarily super well known out there. They're not, I mean, there's not, a, there's more now these days, people doing these, these techniques, but most people that have made it to our age are, are just used to the typical talk therapy style. And that hasn't necessarily boded well for a ton of people. I can raise my hand and say like, that shit wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the juice. That wasn't the sauce that I was looking for as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, but talk about your experiences working with some of these new modalities and, and what's really helped you out. Yeah. So I was super young when I started EMDR. Uh, as soon as my adopted parents, Jeff and Connie in uh, you know, Lake City, Michigan, there's like 700 people in this hometown, very small town. So EMDR back then was like unheard of. There was only a one practitioner but it was from what I remember at the time, and I haven't done it in a while, but it's you track their fingers and they ask you and they're tracking you and your ponte medulla reticular function is actually right next to your midbrain where you store all the, the pain in your body, right? So they're asking you to go back and rewind. And it's almost like neuro-linguistic programming or NLP in a way where you're doing a swish pattern and you're moving more empowering messages into your unconscious quicker because... 
it has something to do with the eyes. EMDR does the vestibular and the vestibular system because there's one muscle to every nerve in your eye. It's the most dense place on your body. So if we can shuttle through the occipital cortex to the prefrontal and the left and right hemisphere and back to the limbic, then we ultimately could start rechanging the brain and the way that it fires and the way that it accesses visual stimuli, which actually causes the thoughts, which lead to the emotion and then the experience through the reticular activation system. So super powerful stuff. And uh, EMDR, EMDR, I did like five sessions when I was a little kid. I was six, changed my life. My mom had me pray every night before I went to bed. That was huge. Because I didn't know who God was, but I knew if God loved me and God was my father, then the father that did this to me biologically wasn't the real man. And it really uplifted me because I, I prayed for forgiveness when I was like six years old to forgive him for everything that he did. It was a bold move, you know, to really let that go. And I saw my life shift dramatically after doing the forgiveness thing at such a young age. It was super powerful and empowering. And my sister kind of went the other way. I, I don't think she really forgave the situation until she was probably in her late 20s. And um, you see two you know, different life experiences because of that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Paul, Selig, Paul Selig, another great Paul, is a channel and one of my, one of my favorite teachers. And he talks a lot, a lot about that. Anything you damn, damns you right back. And anything yeah. you hold in the cave you must remain in the cave that you're holding it, right? So that could be any, any judgment you have or, or lack of forgiveness that you have for someone or some event, you're bound to them in the cave of darkness that you hold them in. And so much of forgiveness is about taking that weight off your chest and not carrying the burden of resentment, pain, and shaming someone else or something else, but alleviating yourself from that. It's not the necessary, the, the hey, I forgive you. I've been waiting to tell you this my whole life. It's like, I forgive you for me to forgive you. Yes. And, and that's so powerful. You know, if you look at the law of one or, or oneness and Ra's teachings, like I had a dream um, at a young age, which was super helpful for one of the healing modalities. But when I was five, I had my first lucid experience in dream time. Every night, this monster would come to me and he would attack me and I'd wet the bed. So for like six months, I was waking up pissing the bed because I was afraid of this monster. And then I woke up and I realized that the monster was actually my dad. And in the dream, mm -hmm. I woke up and the monster shrunk and I held him and I said, oh, you're just a cute little monster that's just as scared as I am, right? So then mm. my perception of him changed in the awakened dream, which is the 3D reality. And I started to see that man differently, which actually, when you change your belief around something, it changes your perception, which changes your reception, right? So then what yeah. I was receiving, the input that I was receiving from my father at a young age started to shift. And then for every night, every night I would try to go in and have another lucid experience, so I began lucid dreaming, which was super powerful for redesigning the way my brain was firing and everything else at a young age, which is dreams are one of the most underrated things we have now. You know, people wake up and they're like, oh, that was weird. This is an unconscious unicorn, a cat riding it with a trident. Like it doesn't matter, you know, but there's all these interpretations that we can derive from it that can radically transform our lives. So that was a super powering healing uh, modality as well at a young age. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I think I can count on one hand how many times I've dreamt lucidly um, up until recently. And I'm, I'm going to do a solo cast on this. I don't want to take up our whole discussion on it, but I had my, my dark night of the soul that lasted two and a half weeks all from December 7th leading up to Christmas Eve. And uh, it was with the Sonoran desert toad, but it was the darkest experience of my life, which is odd because that coming from five MBO DMT is not, not what the expectation was. And um, every night I went into night school 
So everyone yeah. had, had reactivations and it took me a long time to be able to ground that. Actually, Paul Check gave me a method to ground it, close the loop and, and be able to work with it in dreams. And in doing so, I've had very visceral, vivid psychedelic dreams, you know, and that have really, really helped me to unpack further. And thankfully I've got, you know, my homie, Eric Godsey, who's been on the podcast. I think I sent you one we did. Yeah, together. Eric Godsey. That's who was talking yeah. about the demons and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a young Jungian analyst and, and is flawless with the dream analysis and, and has been so spot on at helping me, you know, repicture and reimagine what those meanings are coming into me. But that's the subconscious is constantly speaking to us. It's constantly giving us downloads and and teaching us ways to navigate more effectively through life. And I think that is definitely an underutilized tool. Yeah, it's a portal, right? Because the unconscious connects to the superconscious or Christ consciousness or the Buddhic field or the Merkaba or whatever you want to call it. So the more we uh, allow, you know, and I tell my unconscious before I go to bed at night, Hey, here's what I want to experience. I want to experience, I want to experience a uh, psilocybin portal, you know, and I want to see vivid color that I haven't seen in, you know, a thousand years, or I want to experience a past life incarnation. And I want it to be here in this galaxy or this system. Right. And then all of a sudden you're in the dream and poof, you wake up and it's like, okay, here we go again. It's like <laughs> avatar. Like, uh, it's like watching an IMAX theater that, the graphics don't give it justice because it's a portal and we have access to it and it's within us. And I love how you had that experience in the desert with the Sonora Toad, man. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was a deep, deep, deep one. I'm going to, I'm going to have to give it uh, some serious, serious note taking and everything for that solo cast. Dispelling with Tico. Have you heard of this book by Paul Levy? No, it's a, it's a brilliant book on the darkness and the alchemy of the darkness. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dive deeper into there, but I don't want to take up too much of our time with it. Talk about, were you gifted this? Like, like how, did you, how did you fall into the, these abilities early on? And I mean, I know this, this does happen. So obviously on the podcast you talked about with Paul Check. Paul credits his trauma for allowing him 100. to start to be able to have the gifts that he's had at a very young age. And, and I'm sure that's a piece of it, but was there anything that you had read or started to work with or a mentor that allowed you to navigate this? Because this is definitely a tool I'd love to have. And I've certainly, have, having learned from Paul, one of the ways we grounded my experience was by using the conscious mind to, um, to guide the unconscious, like to direct it. And through the dreams and through the spoken yes. word of calling that into 3D reality with a, a small ceremony of sage and, and a hot bath with frankincense, I was able to do that. So is it as simple as, I know it's as simple as that for you now, but how did you kind of bridge that and start to work in those spaces a bit deeper? So when we wake up in the dream, we wake up in reality. So the awakened dream becomes the sacred dream. And at a young age, I knew that what I was looking at wasn't real. I'm like, this is an illusion. I can change this with my mind. Like I can change the dream, you know, like the the night school dream. So I would wake up and I would literally will things into my experience. And I was at a very young age. I had the, the gift of dreaming and dream interpretation and seeing my dream and retrospection. And I would always look at because I was really trying to escape reality from the trauma, like Paul said. I was really trying to get out of my body because mm. the pain was so bad. I mean, I was thrown on sidewalks and all this horrific shit, dude. I had a, a knife cut. It was like the whole length of my chest once just shredded up my chest. I, I had the scar for like 15 years of my life. But wow. um, it's crazy. So what, what I tried to do is escape the reality that I was in. And the reality that I was creating was more in up here. So I became a master at controlling my thoughts 
at a young age. It's like, oh, now I'm the observer. I'm no longer the Drew meat suit. I'm no longer the personality or the identity because the identity is a black hole. The more we go to the gym, the more we work out, the more lotion we put on our face, the more anti, the more we try to keep this body intact, the more we miss the subtle energy field. And the subtle energy field are the sixth sense, right? It connects us to, I mean, hundreds of other supernatural senses that human, humans don't really pay that much attention to in this life experience because of the density that's on planet earth right now. People are waking up. There's a lot of shifts happening faster now than ever before, which is cool. But um, yeah, I think the trauma allowed me to escape the reality that I was in. I used trauma as fuel. And then of course, throughout my whole life, I attracted mentors, coaches, teachers, guides, you know, and even in dream time, I've worked with ascended beings and other sentient, you know, beings where I wake up and I'm like, my eyes are just full of water. I feel like I was levitating in this dream and there was sounds that I've never heard. And I've been in portals with dolphins that are all surrounding me in a vertical ascent going upward with trumpets and all this music that I've never heard in my life. And I, I haven't touched any plant medicine, dude. You've so, never done plant medicine. There's no. no real reason though, because you've yeah. already have access, you know, it's like that's a, the bridge, the bridge is there. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's something I felt more called to. I used to, <laughs> I used to laugh at Ramdas when you get, or Alan Watts, you know, when you, when you get the call from God, hang up the phone. And it was like, yeah, that's when you're doing a bit of LSD and a light dose of mushrooms. Sure. Not to the depths of ayahuasca or some of the deeper journeys that I've done. That's fucking work, you know, and it's, it's yeah, really, you're really challenging. But at the same time, you know, after this last one, I'm like, look, I get it. I'm good for a while. I'm, I might be good forever. Like I, I may never touch this stuff again because it was, it was that hard to get through. And I know there's a lot to unpack from that, but once you, once you have the bridge built, that's you, your tool is there. You've accessed that. And, and when you look at any of the great sages and, and mystics, throughout history, they have accessed that portal and they can do so through meditation, through the dream state. Um, it fascinates me. Like I, I for certain want to dive into that deeper. You talked a bit about, you know, some of the teachings of Don Juan and uh, the Toltec teachings. Dive into this, you know, as, yeah. as a, yeah, as a yeah. man for help, because I'd love to bridge this for people. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of people I know, whether they're in fit for service or, you know, friends of mine, it's being reflected back to me that there is access points outside yes. of plant medicine. And I want to, I want to be able to, you know, start to facilitate that for myself. Yeah. You and I are on the same page, man. I think we were communicating telepathically right before this. Cause I'm like, all right, we're going to do the Don Juan uh, thing right next. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah. So 13 years ago, I got a, a Facebook message from a dear brother, uh, Jim Fortin, who I call him not blood brother, but blood on the planet, right? Like you'd be my brother because we have similarities and we're helping the world in a similar fashion. And and Jim is that way too, just a big heart. And he reaches out to me and he said, you're a dreamer. And he said, we've been traveling together at night. I'm like, I am a dreamer. And I've, you know, I wake up, I'm lucid, like probably 60, 70% of the time or more. Right. So I'm like seeing energy and patterns and stuff like this at the time. And I said, yeah, I am. And he's like, I have somebody I want you to meet that I want you to meet, um, you know, Don Javier, who is the apprentice of Don Juan the only apprentice that he had. And I'm like, well, this is great. Cause I read journey to Islam and some of the other books in the seventies, you know, when Carlos Consoneda was around like these, these uh, older books that are awesome filled with so much wisdom, you know, that we don't see in a lot of books today. It's like rehashed this and that. So super powerful. And I said, yeah, I'd love to meet him. So 13 years ago, I got on the phone with this guy and he just blew my world right open. He's like telling me about my life. 
how old my soul is, like all these supernatural things. He's like, and he's like diving deep quickly, like as a shaman, because he's a shaman, he's in the wall, he's a babalo, he's a sorcerer, he's a talisman, he's Toltec, he's a, uh, he's a guardian really, and he's a galactic being is the best way for me to explain it. I mean, I, I, what I've seen him do in the physical and even the non-physical in dream time is it opens up your, your whole world of possibility. So I've been able to witness that, which is helpful. And uh, working with him, we do ceremonies, you know, before I go to bed with candles and directions and the elements and calling it in and all this stuff. So like into what you did with the frankincense and the bath and everything like that, you're just setting the stage to, for your light body or your etheric body, your energetic, your magnetic to actually align and then transport you, the real you, which is outside of your physical body into some of these other dimensions and realms. So I've had a whole host of different experiences of working with this guy. Um, yeah, he, uh, I've, I've done body work with him where he takes these eggs, you know, that I brought to him, soft eggs. He uses my subtle energy field and he cleans up my energy. And then he tells me to put these eggs in my head, uh, uh, underneath my head as I'm sleeping. And then three days later, get rid of the eggs. I've done this on multiple occasions and the eggs come out cooked in the thing, like using the energy to cook the eggs. And this is like, I'm not doing med Like there's no plant medicine or anything. This is like reality, dude. So super powerful being. Um, and I, I believe when we're underneath or not underneath, I wouldn't say because we're all connected to source the same way. Right. But when we're witnessing it, when we're witnessing another super being doing what they're doing on this planet, then we start to get access to things that maybe we had access to before right? So that's been one of the biggest things in my journey is working with him over the past 13 years and seeing what's possible before it's possible. No, that's incredible. And he's alive now, correct? Yeah. He actually, oh. he lives in Sedona. Yeah. We're, <laughs> I'll be there this year. I'll, I'll, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be hanging with, with permission and the stars lining up for sure. Yeah. He's so humble, so modest, great human. That's, that's, that's special brother. Yeah. Um, so did this all, how did this all coincide with your professional career? Because, you know, you, you talked about, um, with Paul, at least I'm, I'm bridging that talk, my podcast, yeah. like we've already discussed it, but talk about, talk about how your professional career moved on. Uh, I think your adoptive parents were blue collar workers and, and fill in that gap, connect those yeah. dots for us. Right on. Uh, mom, janitor, I used to clean houses with her and like go in and as a kid and we picked strawberries in Michigan in the summer for 25 cents a quart. And my dad was a truck driver. So I used to go to New York and stuff with him in the truck. Uh, so they, they didn't really know a lot about money or business or building a company or anything like that, but they were billionaires when it came to emotional heart energy, right? They're just good salt of the earth people, incredible human beings. So there was um, a lot of Sam Scar though around money, around um, not trusting the legal system, not trusting, like there's a lot of victim mentality in some of these Midwest states, right? And I think it's because the media impresses it upon them. You know, you got the CNN, the constant negative news where it's just brainwashing <laughs> people, right? So they fell uh, trapped to that and I witnessed it. So I made a decision at a young age, hey, you're not watching any of this BS because it's a low frequency, low vibe. I felt it in my solar plexus, you know, just watching my dad spend four hours after work or after driving the truck for all day 
in front of it, like with all this fear mongering. I'm like, I can't do this. So um, ditched that. And then I started to work more into the unconscious world to start to heal some of the samskara based around money, based around substance, right? I read a great book at a young age um, called the Kaibalion, which is the hermetic uh, teachings on the ancient uh, Egyptian priests of Hermes and uh, Toth and all these, you know, <laughs> beings back then and the seven universal laws. Like I started to look at that and I'm like, how can I apply these laws to my own life? And the law of uh, causation, the law of gender, which you talk about, you know, quite a bit with the archetypes and, you know, it's almost like how to be a magician. Like that's a good guidebook for the laws that we have to use to uh, leverage the universe to help us in creation. So that was powerful. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of the Michigan story. I, I went to school, went to college for like four years and I'm like, this is a waste of money. And uh, became an entrepreneur, ran three companies right out of college. I only worked for another business for 60 days in my life doing mortgages in Michigan, like right after the big boom, you know, in 2004, 2005. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then uh, a lot of it was ego structure. I had a huge ego. I'm like, I'm going to go make a bunch of money. I don't need to be paying somebody else to run my business. And you know, the whole ego stuff that you and I as, as men, we go through. And it was very humbling because I fell right on my face, dude. I had my employees quit. It was probably one of the most painful moments in my life because I built this company that I thought was successful and nobody wanted to work for me. Damn. Yeah. That's a rude awakening. Yeah. This guy's an asshole. Like he works too much. And then I, I really started to connect with, with God source more. And I, I started to, how do I want to build a company and how do I want to create something that uh, brings joy to people's life? every time they come in. And then we launched Fit Life TV 11 years ago, built a community of around 7 million people. And uh, it was awesome. And then Organifi five years ago, our superfood company, which has been one of the best places to work in America three years in a row, Inc. 500, four years in a row. And uh, it's based on the, the notion that the food and the fuel that we have can be so much better than what people are putting in their bodies. You know, you got the glyphosate and all these chemicals that people are, you know, indoctrinated into believing aren't that bad for them, but science shows otherwise. And uh, we've created a superior product in the marketplace, I believe, and we're impacting millions of people's lives. We're making nutrition convenient and easy, and it's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, and that, that falls right back into the scope of what Paul teaches, right? You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's this... And I, I fucking, I have a bad habit of regurgitating his wisdom on this podcast simply for the fact that like, look, look no further. You know, our, our buddy Troy Casey, he talked about that in his book. He's like, I couldn't do a diet book or a health book. I had to write my book. And the reason for that is there's a Bible that's already written, how to eat, move, and be healthy. You know, when you talk yeah. about the, the last four doctors you'll ever need, Dr. Diet being one of them, that's a pillar of health. What you put in and consume on a daily basis is one of the four pillars of health. And that health holistically influences every fucking facet of you from the physical to the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, all of that's influenced by your health. And without that, I mean, I think that's people talk about the great awakening. I think that's one of the huge understandings that we are remembering right now is that we have given away our power to people in white lab coats, whether that's a scientist or a doctor. Yes, And we must, we must remember that it's all on us as individual beings to take care of ourselves. And thankfully, we have choice. We have the ability to order Organifi. We have the ability to go to a farmer's market. We have the ability to take in 
food that's actually going to make us more robust and alive and allow us to thrive. And um, yeah, there's no doubt. I, I had a question in my head about how Organifi just seemingly popped up into this amazing company, but you already touched on that, you know, having fallen on your face <laughs> in the mortgage industry the and then, you know, yeah. having, having the audience too from uh, FitLife TV is, is massive. Like I think you mentioned how you guys had lost money every year for the first five years in that business. And then, yeah, feel like there you go. But yeah. see a need, fill a need. You know, yeah. we had uh, sixteen point five million visitors a month organically. So I built a company Damn. on organic traffic, and then Facebook changed their algorithm, and like that, we lost all of our traffic. So fifty thousand dollars I lost the first month, then sixty, then sixty-five, then seventy, and I lost so much money in about nine months. I remember it was probably five hundred, six hundred grand, and it was all my personal savings from working for the past five years. And I'm just like, you know what, whatever. It's only money. Money is my own natural energy yield. And there's always more energy, not from me, but coming through me, right? Like breathing in me. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just kick a field goal here. Let's order 3000 units of this. uh, You know, we've taste tested 52 different times the flavor of this green juice that we were working on. And we're like, we have the biggest juicing audience in the world. I'm sure they're going to love it. You know, we've put so much love, so much time, so much attention into just giving stuff away for free, free content every single day, right? So we launched Organifi and it, it sold out in the first weekend. And then we sold out five more times after that. And we've just continued to, uh, we can't make this stuff fast enough. You know, I think that was the biggest struggle. And uh, it's been such a rewarding experience, not only for the people that are drinking it, you know, the liquid light, they're infusing their bodies, their mitochondria, their ATP, their energy, their microbiota, all the stuff that Paul and you talk about. But also it's a mindset thing too, right? Because a lot of the psychological inflammation that we're taking on leads to those poor decision nutrition choices. And it just robs their voltage body of electricity. So when you drink these superfoods, uh, it greatly, from what I've seen, it, it revitalizes people. Like people come to life. And you've witnessed that. You've seen transformations in your own life. And, and I think that's one of the most rewarding things to witness is a human soul on fire after being like walking dead for years. All of a sudden they realize that there's this more powerful food and more powerful thoughts that they can put in their body that changes who they be, you know? Yeah. All systems affected. Uh, yeah. Dolores Cannon calls them sleepwalkers. I was like, that's I love, brilliant. I love it's that. So much, it's so much better than sheep. Like sheep is such an asshole word. And then you have all sides of the fucking coin calling people yeah. sheep. It's like, well, if we are to forgive and to love everyone, no one's a sheep. But yes, on a scale, there are some people that have blinders on that are still watching the news each night that are still, you know, watching their favorite sitcom that don't want anything to change. And they, they, even though they feel it in every cell of their body, don't even want to acknowledge changes happening all around us. Yeah. We're in, we're in a big shift right now. And it may, you know, touch on that because it's, you know, if we're in the same reality, at least for this moment, like it's hard to not look out and see, like there's a lot of decisions being made in the world externally that uh, are making my hair stand up. And it's hard, it's hard to see that and be, and, and try to understand that, all right, if the as above, so below, like how can I do my part to shift that within? And then at the same time, not look away from this because it's yeah. important to, that, that they're, they're, we're doing stuff backwards right now. A lot of people think that, you know, it's, it's this new thing that we're up against. And I think it's since the beginning of time, we've dealt with the same thing. I think my heart of hearts is telling me we're in this spiritual war, right? 
It's this swipe left, swipe right, TikTok society to drag us away from our true potential, which actually happens in solitude, right? King Solomon was, makes Bezos look like he's sitting at the kitty table back then, right? He was one of the wisest men to ever live. And his connection to source, his connection to divinity was pure and it was true. And I think now there's just so many people that are willing to take a dollar for um, this material, this Maya, this illusion. They're building plastic Porsches and then they get in the car and then it falls apart and they're wondering why. So I think that until individually, because this is an individual transformation, like you said, as above, so below, every individual soul starts to realize that uh, they're playing such a huge part in the collective because there's so much information. We can call them the Lords of Karma or whatever that are coming for now, right? Like all this stuff's coming up. The Schumann resonance is shifting. You can see more light entering the atmosphere, some people would say from our galactic brothers and sisters, our ancestors, or the future version of us. Like we're like, all right, all right, Drew. All right, Kyle, it's time to wake your ass up. Photon beams coming in from freaking Sirius or wherever. Like Earth's going to get a little crazy for a little bit, but know that we're watching and know that we're with you. And I think the way that we handle that is to really work on our own inner transformation, which you're doing, you know, with the toad ceremonies and all the deep shadow work that you've done, brother. Like, that's so powerful, man. You're such a warrior. Like, I see your shield right now, you know? And uh, it's good, but not everybody is willing to do that. So we're suppressing. So Earth is under this great suppression. And it's the suppression of the individual ego. It's the wounded boys and it's the wounded girls coming out to play in the political parties and all the, what we're witnessing, right? And until we go within and we realize that, hey, we are, one, we're brothers, we're sisters. You know, there's no race, decree, religion that can separate us. We are united and we believe it. It's not just rhetoric, right? And we do the work, not just talk about it. Um, I think that's when the great change or shift is going to happen. But there's still way too many people that are holding on to the deepest, darkest secrets. And because of that, we're seeing that uh, type of energy really consume a lot of what we're witnessing right now. So just be free from it. You know, if you're listening to this, free yourself today, share with somebody, get it out in the open. Like Brené Brown talks about, be vulnerable. Let it out of your heart, let it out of your chest and watch what transmutes. Watch the energy uplift from you. So that's I love that. I think that's happening. Paul, Paul Levy talks about that vulnerability is the ability to receive the wound and the wound is itself the thing that allows you to connect to the God that, st- that sits outside of the ego. Yeah, I mean, it's all, all of it's there. The ego is a part of it. Like all is over, nothing is right. So, um, uh, one of the, one of the questions, uh, or one of the, um, downloads I had recently was that the moment the second God witnessed itself and understood itself was when creation began so that it's not inherently an issue of the ego. Obviously we can dissolve the ego at times and work to bring ourselves into resonance so that the will is that of for the creators rather than the, the me disease as, as Levy calls with Tico malignant egophrenia M E for short. Right. So this, this me, my mind, all consuming, never full, the, the realm of hungry ghosts that we see all over the place all over. can be, can be shifted. Right. And it is that shift and acknowledgement of the thing, but also not judging the thing that witnesses it. Yeah. The thing that witnesses it is the thing that differentiates 
like Chuck says, like you can't, you couldn't take a piss or tie your shoes properly without an ego. You don't drive a car or stop on a red light without the ego, but that's, there's a right use of will, right? And that's another, that's a great book that I've been diving into, right use of will. It's only like 163 pages. This guy wrote it in 1984. I'm going to it right now. It's brilliant. Um, right uh, Mary, yeah, Mary Margrave recommended that one to me. She's out in Sedona. She's a fantastic lady you would absolutely love. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know Mary Margrave. Does she teach uh, ALA and like these other MIT? She does. She does a lot of stuff. She's Is connected she to a lot of people. She's, she's incredible. Sedona and I didn't oh, know. Yeah. yeah, brother. She's Will special. Will you when we get off of this? Uh-huh. 100%. And um, oh, this is my book. But, right use of word. Uh, awesome. Well, you named three books that I've had, and it's beyond synchronicity at this point, but three books I've had a number of people tell me I need to read. The first two were The Law of One and The, the Book of Ra. Yeah, that's, it's the same and, thing. It's Ra okay. teachings. It's the, the Law of One. Okay. And then the other, the last one was the Hermes Toth. What's the name of that one? Yeah. The Kybalion, not to be confused okay. with Kybalia. Although okay. Ky- the Kybalia, Kabbalah, <laughs> I'm saying it way wrong. Kabbalah <laughs> came after the Kybalion, but a lot of those initiatic teachings, some of them are actually in that. It's uh, more of a Judaic teaching. Okay. Beautiful. I've, I've had enough people that, that it's like somebody tells me to read a book and you're connected to so many people too. I'm sure you get this a lot where it's like, all right, cool. I'll jot it down. But if I ordered every fucking book, I'd have a house full of books that never get read. <laughs> and then but finally, when it's like enough people that I respect and love, tell me something. And it's like, all right, I can't turn away from it now. So I'm going to have my, my boy, Jose link to that in the show notes for people to get those books because uh, overwhelmingly I, I keep getting the same downloads and I'll be diving into those as well. Yeah. I, uh, I agree, man. And I'm excited to read a couple of the books that you mentioned as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big reader. I love it. Beautiful. So, so back to the shift that we see, because, um, again, there, there is, there is so much happening that, that anyone can see. And then for other people, there's maybe nothing happening, you know, it depends which reality tunnel you're in. Um, Either way, there is an impetus for us to look within. There is an impetus for us to connect to our divine nature. And there's an impetus for us to start to heal and, and, and evolve. That's what the whole nature of the game is, right? Yeah. Whether it's looking at 3D scientific materialism, evolve, evolution, that's the nature of the game. Or whether you're looking at the nature of why God created existence in the first place to know thyself. Yes. Right. You, you know yourself outside of time. That's a, that's fast, right? Like, okay, I know every possibility, but infinite possibility, infinite probability at the speed of now, as Czech likes to use, means that we get to, yeah, we are constantly experiencing, re-experiencing and growing in new ways to know thyself. So talk about some of the practices you have. And I also want to get in, I want to keep this on the the internal spiritual lens. I know we've talked about sleeping and, and dream analysis, things like that. Unpack that further, and then we'll take it back to the physical health side with the biohacks because, you know, second to maybe to only Ben Greenfield's, you've got quite a few toys that are really good at, at, at leveraging <laughs> the body. me with the toy department. That guy had <laughs> probably like 80 different things. Um, yeah, so the spirituality stuff, man. I think one of the biggest things that I've had to relearn over and over and over again is really letting go of the past and the future and staying so in the present slash eternal now. And my Don, Don Javier, always tells me that. He's like, your mind is like a trash can. You know, you have way too many thoughts. It's like, let go of your thoughts. And uh, as he's telling me this, I'm like, yeah, you know, I I think about things way too much. You know, what's happening in the world? 
what's happening at the White House right now. Like, what do I need? Because you and I are guardians. We are warriors, you know, at heart. Like, we like to provide. We like to protect. So our brains are always scanning the environment. Like, I'll be in a restaurant with my girl and somebody will walk in and I'm just one second, like, looking at any possible threats. Like, that's just going off. Like, that's our biology. And to really let go, you know, like Psalms 91 says, 10,000 arrows can be coming at you. Like imagine 10,000 arrows coming at you. You know, you and I go out, we get guns, we do all this other stuff because, you know, we we're protectors. But if we really had the trust in the eternal now, in the zero point field of what we're talking about, and we were at the highest level of our consciousness, those 10,000 arrows would be in the sky and we'd be like, oh, God has me. God's favor is raining down on me. I don't have to worry about this. And I think that's the biggest thing that gives me comfort is knowing that, right? Now, am I demonstrating that? You know, I got my six, uh, six, five Creedmore like right over there. So I'm, I don't know if I'm demonstrating that yet, you know, but uh, I think it's, it's a good method to get into is the solitude, is the silence, like break away from the stimulation. Bob Marley says the revolution will not be won on the media, or we could say social media in today's language. It'll be won with telepathy. And the only way to get there is what Paul Check's talking about, which is zero point field, which is what Itzhak Bentoff and Stalking the Wild Pendulum or the Physics of Consciousness, which you probably read. Love like, it. One of my favorites. Yeah. You know, when you're in that space, when you have that... What, what yogis would call that kundalini energy when your mula bandra is driving that cerebral spinal fluid up to your brain and all of a sudden you're like in that space where you have access to information that you didn't even know you had access to it's like it's just coming to you right because you're a radio i like to think as the universe is like a a clock going through space which is why you see all these pyramids on different planets because we need to know the location the location is the vibration and if we can tune into a vibration uh, we can tack into the, the zero point field and we can cause more of a favorable result in any single moment. But mm. it's recognizing that we're far beyond the meat suit, right? <laughs> like the big you, the big universe is operating through you. So I think the work is for me is bringing myself back to the eternal now. And I can do that with breath work. I can do that with dream time, right? Going into dreams, music. I love music, man. I got like 40 instruments in my house, a little ADD with the music, right? But anytime I'm in that flow state where all that blood's pushing to my prefrontal cortex and I'm just locked in and it's like I'm a channel, right? It's channeling. Then uh, I know I'm in a good place. And so for me, that, that's the work. It's, and it's also diving into that shadow and going into the uncomfortable place that you've been in, you know, that I've been in. Like, what's the message here? So powerful stuff. I know I kind of went on a tangent with that, but hopefully- No, that was, that was beautiful. Yeah, brother. I'm, I'm just, and, and mentioned another great book, Ishtak Bentoff's Stalking the Wild Pendulum is such an awesome book because it, it, it leverages so many great teachings and it's, you know, he doesn't nail, I know you haven't done plant medicines. I think it's the only thing he gets wrong in my opinion in the book, but he, you know, he says like, hey, this thing is a work in progress. It's not the end all be all. People yeah. will come after this and improve upon it. Our understandings are always shifting. So even the book that's done 30 years later won't get it all right. That's the nature of consciousness because it's continually evolving. And that's that's all good. Um, still one of my all-time favorite books to read. And by the end of the book, he gives very tactical, real-world tools on how to access these points of consciousness that I've I've stumbled upon loosely from time to time or in plant medicines and in dreams, but not necessarily with, um, you know, intention and proper meditation. One of the, um, 
one of the people that I absolutely love and adore, Emily Fletcher, who's been on this podcast. She teaches Ziva meditation. Love Emily. She's incredible. Like she, yeah. it, that, that is like a gift that I would put on par with any plant medicine tool I've ever used with the importance of what it's done for my, my life. You know, and, she, and she says, you know, we're not trying to get better at meditation. We're using meditation to get better at life. And that, that resonated thoroughly with me, but yeah. I've accessed these points, this, these Samadhi points um, in that meditation. And, and that, that's exactly what each talk's talking about, you know, where it's all of a sudden awareness expands so far beyond what I thought was possible that it's like, Oh shit. Like there's, there's the juju I've been looking for. And it's, it's right here the whole time, but we need to know these techniques. So encourage people to listen to that podcast, hit her up and definitely read, read that book because there's a lot of beautiful teachings in it. Yeah. There's a documentary on Amazon called Adam as well, which is his teachings of the book in like an hour and a half. It was shot in like the seventies. So it's like old video footage and stuff, but it's actually very valuable information. It's called Adam. Adam, like A-T-O-M or Adam, like the name? Yeah. Okay. A-T-O-M. Yeah. Beautiful. We'll link to that as well. All right. Let's, let's, let's geek out a bit. I mean, you've got some oxygen stuff going on. It looks like <laughs> you've got a, a salt lamp wall behind you or something. Yeah. Uh, so this is a salt. It's a thousand pounds of salt. So it's just the feeling of it is absolutely incredible. You know, it ionizes the air. It purifies the air. It dries it out a little bit. So I got a couple of humidifiers over here as well, but, um, I got the Ing three right next to me. So as I'm standing up working, I'm on like this uh, surfboard that keeps me moving a little bit too. So I'm not so stagnant in motion. And one of those, uh, the, in, the Indo boards. Yeah. One of those Indo boards. I love it. Those are great. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, probably my favorite biohacks right now, and they've been throughout all time. It's infrared sauna, which sunlighten. I have a, a five person sunlight and I do yoga in, and then I also have a cold plunge from Cedar Lakes, which is awesome. So you're sitting in the tub. It smells like cedar. You know, I'm in Sedona, so I get the beautiful Thunder Mountain I can see. And it's just a great experience. I try to do that as much as possible. Um, you live right next to Anahata. Right. Yeah. Literally 10 minutes away. <laughs> she's, awesome. she's my sister, man. Like that girl. <laughs> so cool. That's incredible. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to spend some time with each other uh, here in a, in a couple months for sure. She's all love like that such a, an amazing human being. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've been out, we've been out on the land a few times and it's just, yeah, she's such a powerful powerhouse. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as far as other biohacks, I've been doing NED for like three years. I don't know if you've dabbled with that. Oh yeah. I got, I, I, I like to toot my own horn and say I have the record sub three minutes. Oh yeah. You told me that bag. Yep. Dude, you're an animal. Three minutes. It's well, the whole thing is, and, and I never told the guy who was going back and forth with me, he was like a lawyer or something like that, but uh, I'll give the hack for people because it's, it's, there's no other way I'd rather do it really. It's Wim Hof breathing before you, before it goes in. So, I mean, you, you get plugged in and you have it corked and then you run the bag and you don't have to, I did this with a 16 gauge and a blood pressure cuff on the back. Like it was four <laughs> time. Right. But don't even if I'm running like a, a 22 gauge or something like that, um, you know, which, which if I'm, you know, moving the dial up and down, it might be a 45 minute experience. If I just flood it with a 22 gauge, it's going to be in the, you know, somewhere in the teens, maybe 20 minutes. But if I'm doing the Wim Hof breathing with holds, you're accelerated to the point of stillness and highness. Like it is, it is a, uh, a vibratory felt experience of euphoria the entire fucking time. There's no other way to do it. 
it's either either I deal with pain and consciously work on that, like, okay, I'm receiving this now, it hurts as I feel uncomfortable, or I literally breathe through it, which is a purge that hyperoxygenates and changes the blood chemistry. And it goes from a shitty experience to one of the best experiences, one of the most euphoric experiences I've ever had. Oh my God. And you don't need it. You do it 30 seconds ahead of time. Your tetany will kick in much quicker. You know, that's the curly hands, curly toes. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in the point of tetany, you just do a breath lock and hold. And as, and you can hold as long as you want, you know, it's kind of like what Tim Ferriss was talking about before, oh, Okay. Where, you know, when he was in the oxygen chamber, he'd do some breath holds and he could go seven minutes, you know, and people are like, I don't know if I recommend that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, if we're Guinea pigs, we're going to try some shit, but, um, Hold your breath as long as you want. When you start to feel pain in the stomach again, slowly start bringing the breath back up through the nose and through the nose out through the nose. And then you can go to the mouth mouth, but that makes the experience be, I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. So that's my recommendation for anybody using NAD because it's, and of course, if we're working with mitochondria, which is NADs, um, maybe the whole reason why we're doing it, you know, cellular cleaning, stuff like that, oxygen shuttles metabolic waste and improves function of mitochondria, energy production. It's the substrate for it, right? Outside yeah. of, you know, fats and carbohydrates. So that, that's, that's, that's the trick for sure. Three minutes. I've never heard anybody do that. In fact, my fastest time ever was like 15 minutes. And it was doing more of like the SRF, Self-Realization Fellowship, uh, Hong Saw breathing. So, you know, six seconds in, six seconds out, holding it for 20, 25 seconds. But you're right about the hold. Because the hold's when you want that thing opened up, mm-hmm. right? So super powerful. And uh, I do the juve red lights before I do the hyperbaric, which causes NADH in the body, which helps absorb NAD plus. And then I do the IV after that. And I just did five days of 750 mil to reset all the neurochemicals in my brain. You can also inject NAD every day. Like you get it from your naturopath or a doctor and you can do 50 or hundred mil injection, which is, they say is equivalent to uh, having an IV once a week which is another way to do it. You don't experience any of the, a little bit of the discomfort, but not like an IV. This would be like an intramuscular injection? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Or, or no, sub-Q. Okay. Oh, super cool. Even, but, even easier. So when you're doing peptides, I've done BPC, a CJC, Tessamorlin, you know, Epithalin, all the peptides. I love peptides. It's another big hack. They're phenomenal. I've, I've recovered from a torn adductor, uh, torn meniscus. I'm actually gearing up for another six-month run that just came in the mail yesterday from my buddies at Ways to Well. I'm going to have on ways2well.com. They're phenomenal. Uh, do, they do telemedicine, blood work. You go oh, into Quest Diagnostics. You get on the phone with your doctor, and then they, they're all optimization. So great folks there. But um, yeah, BPC-157 is it's just incredible. Of course, Greenfield's written entire articles on it. Oh yeah. But, um, it's, it's, such a, it's so safe and such a beautiful, you know, it's just like gastric, the same amino acid structure as uh, gastric juice in the body. It's, yeah. just, it's not like a foreign thing, a synthetic, you know, it's, it's like just this beautiful compound that can, has the ability to heal connective tissue, collagen, tendon and ligament. It's, it's really phenomenal stuff. There's um, yeah. Speaking of healing, like leaky gut, right? BPC-157 mm-hmm. is also known for that. I've been eating um, CMOS, CMOS gel from this company called Akasha. I'll have them send you some, man. It's like really, really good stuff. It's got 98 minerals in it, I believe. The human body has 108, right? So this stuff is just so mineral dense and it, it actually tastes pretty good. So I'll have them send you some of that. 
Oh yeah, I'll check that out. That's another new thing I've been testing. I've I've uh, eaten nori and kelp and dulse and all these other sea vegetables just because they're loaded. They help your iodine. You know, we're getting bombarded by electromagnetic frequencies and this new five G thing. So it's important to ramp up some of our sea veggies as well. Um, super powerful. So that's a biohack. Like I said, red light, hyperbaric, um, planting my feet on earth, man. It doesn't cost a thing, but going outside in the morning and, and I do sun gazing. So talk about the biggest biohack, like literally looking into the sun for 10, 15 minutes, not in the beginning, cause you have to build up. If you have mucus in your eyes, it's going to sting a little bit, but having less mucus in your body actually allows you to stare into the sun more. So, and you get information. Like I'll look up during the day. I'll, I'll set an intention to have an answer of something. I'll look into the sun and then like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll look up and I'll literally hear through auditory response, the answer to my question that I had. So mm. that's a super powerful spiritual biohack. One of the best things you can do. And I actually learned how to do this at a ashram in the South of France, part of the great white brotherhood. Um, not like white because it's... <laughs> but just white because it's, um, it's this hundreds of probably a thousand years old based on St. Germain and like some of the other ascended masters that were around uh, created this, this ashram. And it's Omran, Omran Mikhail Ivanhoff, who super powerful, you know, in the early 1930s came from France and taught all these people how to meditate and use the Kundalini energy in ways and stuff. So super cool. And, and how long would you guys go? Because I know you, you dove deeper into this uh, with Jack, and it was a question that I had actually that I totally forgot for, thank you for intuiting and bringing it up. Yeah. The combination of fasting with sun gazing, I've done, I mean, there was that documentary where the guy, you know, split off from his family. He was doing two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, and then he stopped eating and he was just, you know, uh-huh. eating, eating the light rays and yeah. And, you know, and it's like fucked up all his social relationships because it's, it's, um, I mean, I had a, I was laughing with with Aubrey because I remember when Rob Wolf went to his intermittent fasting schedule changed to only breakfast and lunch, and it's like, well, that's cool if you can be around dinner with your family and not eat, or if you're going to section yourself off. But like, dinner is so social for the both of us that like we probably don't want to do that, even if it meant like the most optimized, you know, fat loss and recovery and things like that. But as far as like completely taking food out of the equation, like maybe that's what we ascend to in 5D. I'm not sure. But as of right now, think about that. Like you would have to be a fucking hermit to not, you know, to skip every meal permanently. And, and who knows what happens there. But you talked about fasting well, as like, uh, yeah, that's sorry, the, go ahead, jump that, in, jump that's in. That's the biggest risk with fasting. Like you legitimately feel so good. Like a seven day fast, every day you're fasting is a day where it's cleaning up your meridian. So first root, right? You're going to be thinking about survival. I need food. I need food while wow, I'm so hungry, which is why the root chakra is so compelling. It's because it's your survival. And then each day after it, as you go up into the solar plexus, as you go up into your heart, you know, your crown chakra all the way through every day that you fast, it's cleaning and clearing whatever you're working on through that. So at day seven, you're basically, you know, if you're, you're pure and clean enough, you're telepathic, you're seeing things because your whole crown chakra is open. Like there's nothing blocking you. It actually takes a lot of energy on a metabolic level to even eat, right? And most people are so compromised in their gut anyway. It's like hiring somebody to go out in the garden and dig for, you know, three years straight because your digestion's always working. It's always on. Mm. So when we fast, it's actually giving your body a break. I like doing water fasts. I like uh, bone broth fasting, juice fasting, 
all of it. But again, check with your doctor. You know, you, Kyle and I are not doctors, you guys. It can definitely, uh, if you're impacted adrenals or thyroid function or anything like that, you want to check that out first before you go into a full-on 30-day fast or, or whatever it is for you. Yeah, I've done, I've done you know, 21-day juice fasts in the past that were, you know, much higher in carbohydrates than probably should have been. I've done two-week-long celery juice fasts. And then really what, what got me was doing the five-day water fast, but I didn't realize like you're these seven days working with the chakras on each day. But as you're explaining that, that is the, the, the sequential order of how, where I felt my energy yeah. and day three. I mean, it felt like, like a, there's a lot that I've worked on in the solar plexus self-empowerment. And it felt like I had a pit in my gut on day three, but day four, every time that I've done this, I mean, I've only done it twice. It's not like I've got <laughs> tons, tons of experience here. Day four, I just felt peace. Yeah. I mean, I felt like, like you make it to day four, I'm good. I can keep going. You know, and both times on day five, I finished with some form of psychedelic. So <laughs> I didn't, uh, I broke, broke the fast with some medicine. So I, I guess that, that just skipped me a couple levels there. Yeah. You, you shortcut it, dude. You hit the <laughs> and, uh, F0. <laughs> oh man. That's a great reference too. Um, so with the sun gazing, I, you know, this is something that we, we thankfully have access to just based on our house location. You know, we're, we're in a, a suburb with houses right on top of houses near the airport in Austin. But for the morning, which is my favorite, uh, and being closer to the equator, you know, we're up, you don't have to be up that early to beat the sunrise. And when you make it out there to watch it, it's, I mean, sunrises, in my opinion, shit on sunsets. There, unless you're unless you're on the Pacific Ocean watching it go down, yeah, that's special too. But it's really special, and the whole day is then built off the back of that energy. Like you just ride that wave the entire day. Like I, it's, it's, I remember the admiral talking about that. One of the commencement speeches: "Make your bed each morning." Yes, I even love that if it's idea. sloppy, right? It's such a it's such an inspirational speech. It's like at the end of the day, if you've done nothing else, you come back to your bed at night and here it is made for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one of those little little hacks we can do for our sense of well-being that goes a long way, much right. further than just the tidiness around the house, you know? And I think, I think that is just so much exponentially more when we, we can get the sunlight in first thing in the morning. It's like, wow, everything has shifted in a way that's, that's, that's really hard to explain. Yeah, so good. So the sunrise, getting all those, those rays in, nothing even compares to it. I mean, you could have the best Juval or, you know, biocharger on the planet, but the sun, like it's magic. And, um, yeah, I mean, breath work is free as well. You've done a lot of that. You've been a big proponent of that biohack. Um, yeah, having a garden, it's one of the greatest things you can do, like actually working in the soil, getting all those good microbes in your gut from the veggies and actually taking the seeds and changing the DNA of the seed by spitting on it and then putting it in the soil. So it's alchemically designed for your body is uh, super powerful as well. Anything with food, like I'm in it now, just because, you know, whatever is going to happen in the future, like we need to be hunters and gardeners maybe. And it's good to have that information up here until you know it's too late. So looking at that as well has been huge for us. We're getting some tower gardens here in Sedona as well. So growing things indoors, we're like a zone eight, I believe where I am. So it's hard to grow things in the winter from the frost and the elevation that we have. So huge biohack with that. Um, 
Yeah, yeah they talk, uh, you can look that up online. If you, you have no idea where you are, just say like, which zone am I in for food growing? And then punch in your zip code and it'll show you exactly what grows there, which season it grows there. Obviously, um, there's whole companies I forget. I think uh, I'll have my buddy Jose, he sent me it. Um, he does the show notes. I'll have him link to a greenhouse that you could fit in your backyard and you can grow anything. You know, David Avocado Wolf talks about that. You literally grow That's right. anything in most places in your greenhouse. And just understanding this, like the meek will inherit the earth, right? That's something that always stuck out to me. And, and Graham Hancock talked about this. Like if we get hit by an asteroid or if the grid goes down or if any other thing happens, um, yeah, it's nice to have a little supply in your pantry, but without the skills, that shit's going to run out at some point, right? Without the skill set, it's going to run out at some point. And, and understanding that, what, really what that means, the meek will inherit the earth. Like if an asteroid hits, depending on where it hits, it's the curanderos, the people that live yeah. off the land, you know, the people that are connected, that never, never lost their connection to the earth, that will understand how to work with that. That aren't dependent upon electricity, that aren't dependent upon, you know, uh, plumbing and things like that, that are actually going to know how to navigate the waters and carry this forward. And that's arguably who did it in the past when we had massive destruction on earth, you know, the massive floods that were talked about on, on virtually, you know, six out of the seven continents all have different stories of the big flood. That's something to keep in mind. And it's not, you know, we can, we can go down that rabbit hole and say, this is Armageddon shit's hitting the fan, blah, blah, blah. But a little prep goes a long way, you know, and Rob Wolf talked about that last on the podcast. It's like, if I do 20% of the prepping and at least have an education around this and have tried going for a hunt and know how to field dress an animal and know how to stock, that, that uncovers so much underlying fear that might be operating in the background of my waking experience. You know, if I cover those bases, that alleviates and allows me to consciously choose where I want to be without having this, this uh, un, unlooked at psychological fear, this innate fear that I have, especially as a provider, a husband and a father. Yes, I agree, my man. There's a book called uh, One Second After, I believe, where he, it talks about legitimately uh, what would happen. You know, how the meek will inherit the earth, how uh, we're going to have to understand how to hunt, how to uh, garden, how to grow things. I believe it's called one second or maybe one minute after. Um, I can look that up for you too. Cool. We'll link to that as well. Yeah. But you're in Austin, man. Like you're protected. Austin has its own power grid. Or uh, and, and, Texas does. Yeah. We're, we're also, uh, you know, coming from California they, they talk about droughts here and I'm like, we didn't have rain for four months. That's a drought. Like it's fucking comical. My whole life in California was a drought. <laughs> you know, like every aquifer is full here. We've got the Colorado. We've got several lakes. There's water everywhere. It's green. All four seasons, all four seasons get rain. Um, yeah. And, and, and the land here, you know, we've had some European farming and things like that, but it's not decimated in the way where there's just, nonstop Monsanto seeds and, and a whole culture of, of uh, big agriculture. You know, there's a lot of ranches here and, um, you know, oil money meant buying up a lot of the land and people complain about that, but that means there's a lot of land that can be purchased that you can grow on just about anything. And with greenhouses, you can, you can literally grow anything. So uh, very fortunate being here. And obviously I think that's, that's part of the draw, not just, um, you know, from a freedom standpoint for people to come to the state, but the fact that there is this uh, innate sense of the earth is still in, in, in resonance in this place. You yeah. know, like if, if, if we, if it comes down to it, there's, there's a lot of places we can go and a lot of space for people as well. I, uh, 
I'm looking at houses. A real estate agent sent me a couple yesterday for Austin in your area, actually, like the Lake Travis area. So I'm excited to check it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all looking to go a bit West. Uh, <laughs> the blue zones have to be, or for whatever reason, a little bit more restrictive. So well, now we're looking, Arizona, looking West so as well. Technically, like didn't Arizona just get voted? I don't even know how that happened. I've lived there for I lived there for seven years, and and maybe that's the case. And look, big techs coming here. A lot of people from California and New York as well, and a lot of my listeners are California, L.A., New York City. You know, but but um, part of that, I guess, is 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 perhaps necessary so that there is more commingling, and it's not just everyone that believes a certain thing lives in one place, and everybody that believes the opposite lives in a different place. Like, no, let's all come together. And have conscious conversations around what is the best way forward. Do you want to sit in a in a in a cell known as your house? Do you want to make yeah. that your jail cell, or do you want to make it an open air prison system where we go from point A to point B, operating by big government's choice, and everything's fucking surveilled? No, like that's 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 not what I want, and no. that's what it looks like it's heading towards. So maybe if we can start to <laughs> good brother, control all delete. Yeah, yeah, we cannot see yeah. that possibility. Yeah, so yeah, I see us coming together. I think loneliness is the biggest epidemic that we're up against, and I think they they prey on that. Let's keep these people separated by six feet six inches, which is an odd number, right? So I'm I'm all about coming together. Like, let's break the chains. Let's really open it up. Let's be vulnerable, and. uh that's what we're all about, especially at Organifi. We had placemats that we can't use our office now, which is interesting, um, that say, you know, be prepared to hug. And as you walk in, 20, 30 hugs every day, that's being human is about connection. And I think we're headed into a great place. I think there's going to be peace on earth and I'm excited to see that day soon rather than later. Yeah, brother. I think we get, we, we, we are, in the timeline for big shifts, big changes all in our lifetime. And that's, that's pretty, pretty exciting to understand that. Like, you know, uh, a thousand years ago and 2000 years ago before that you'd live seven generations. You'd likely did the same shit each day, you know, (laughs) deal with a storm here or there or or early death in the family. But that was part and parcel for life. Now with the technological changes and everything that's happening, and we get to see, you know, how these have been used correctly and maybe reimagine how to use some of these, these gifts that we have together to come together, not to yeah. divide and, and further ourselves from one another. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of agendas happening, but we'll see. Yeah. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the podcast, brother. We got to do it again. Yeah. And uh, I got to see you. If you're coming out this way, hit me up. And when I'm coming out your way, I'll hit you up, brother. Yeah, Jagers and uh, Paul Check both say we need to grab a workout. It's oh yeah, an animal. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks for having me on too, man. I uh, I love this conversation. Let's continue to share books, stay in contact, and uh, we're in this together, brother. Absolutely, Drew. It's uh, it's 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 been too long, but it's beautiful having you along for the ride, brother. Yeah, likewise. Beautiful, my man. <laughs>